the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hey, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into Hour 2 of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk with uh, uh, Derek and Beverly uh, Jobert, who are involved with uh, National Geographic. National Geographic Kids has a new book. We're going to talk about that. They helped put this together. The Ultimate Book of African Animals. But uh, on the show, whenever uh, whenever something runs a little short or we have a little extra time, I try to squeeze in music uh, almost always by local artists. And uh, as fortune would have it early this morning when I had my conversation with the Jobers um, we had some technical glitches and the interview ran a little shorter than we would typically give um, especially with interesting guests like Derek and Beverly but um, since this is back to the bricks week it seems like uh, and we have a little time. We'll we'll get to them in the next segment. But we have a little time in this first segment during the second hour to squeeze in a little local music. But because Back to the Bricks is underway in Flint, all this week we're going to, whenever we have a chance to squeeze music in, we're going to try and make it local artists doing cartoons or songs about cars or the auto industry or whatever like like we have coming up we're going to do a couple uh, first one up uh, we've got one from uh, Bill Toll aka Sweet Willie T back when he was with City Zoo on his album Something for Everyone 
and uh, a song that uh, has become a real staple for Bill when he uh, puts together a band and is out performing. Um, that's uh, very appropriate for this week called Buick City Blues, and we're going to follow that up with uh, a little music from The Root Doctor. And uh, and if we have time, we'll we'll squeeze another one in, in as well. But here's here's Bill Toll. I got them Buick City Blues. Ain't no cure for them Buick City Blues. Oh, my heart is aching. I've got them Buick City Blues. I got them Buick City Blues. Since my baby drove me down. Do you remember last summer?
Let's take a friendly ride
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. 
The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back. My uh, guests this hour are award-winning filmmakers, photographers, conservationists, and explorers in residence for National Geographic. We're going to talk about a new book from National Geographic called The Ultimate Book of African Animals with uh, Beverly and Derek Jobert, and they join me by phone. Um, welcome to the show, Beverly and Derek. Uh, did I say your last name right? I'm terrible with names. Uh, it was really close, so I think we'll go with that for now. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and anyway, we're from Africa, so we're happy to go with anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how, how did you... Um, what what does it mean to be a, a, an explorer in residence for National Geographic? Well, it's really interesting. So the National Geographic selected and, and have selected about 12 or 14 maybe people um, over time, actually, around the world to be uh, their National Geographic explorers in residence or at large. And um, basically, it's an, almost an ambassadorial role, but where we 
um, float ideas, big ideas with them, and uh, have, a, have a, a big engagement. And then, of course, it's also about the work that you're doing in the field. So it's being ambassadors not only for a global community, but for, for the, the governments, uh, you know, that they were working in, like Botswana, Kenya, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. And so the work we are doing is how do we protect these vast, pristine, lost remaining areas that are incredibly vulnerable, how do we protect them into the future? So it is really all about conservation in every way, in every form. Beverly, um, have you always been interested in animals, and, and how did you and Derek meet and end up working together in this field? Thank you for asking that question. It's hard to It's hard to remember a time that I didn't love animals. So as a child, I truly did grow up loving animals. My parents were animal lovers. We had a lot of domestic animals. And just before I was born, my mother was looking after about 18 or 19 cats because they were stray cats. And she, you know, loved the fact. Um, that um, she could look after them. She, had, she, she didn't want them to, you know, not have a home. So animals have definitely been my DNA. And Derek and I met at high school, and we straight away realized that our common passion was definitely exploring. We wanted to know more about Africa, but definitely protecting animals. And that's really what happened. Derek and I, in our ninth, around about 19 years old, 2021, 20, we went on trips together to start our journey in so many ways. It would not have happened, I must say, had I known about the 18 cats. I mean, that's just a bit scary. <laughs> See, here in the States, we, we uh, Beverly, we call your mom a cat lady. <laughs> and now, and now Derek and I have become cat people because we started the Big Cat Initiative, um, you know, at National Geographic, and it's really seen um, their numbers decline over a 50-year period, which is our, you know, lifetime when we started um, looking at the topic, we realized that we had lost 95% of the cats and 75% of their historic range. So that's why we started the Big Cat Initiative uh, to be their voice and to be ambassadors for them. And a lot of our phones are speaking out all about the issues for lions, leopards, and cheetahs. Now, this book that I mentioned uh, for National Geographic Kids is called The Ultimate Book of African Animals. And as with uh, all National Geographic uh, projects, the photography is always amazing and the reproductions are incredible but this this claims to be uh really kind of a uh photographic safari what would you find in this book that you couldn't find in other nat geo books or or at a, a local zoo yes well it's an interesting question um i think what they will see in the book that is unusual is not just a uh, an encyclopedia of animals, but our perspective on it. So some of our personal experiences, it's almost like a guided safari in that we talk about things that have happened to us with, with snakes or with leopards. 
birds or lions, various other things that is our personal perspective on it. And so I think that deeper insight through our eyes is really what we were hoping to get to. Um, and uh, Beverly, you mentioned uh, a few moments ago um, the Big Cat Initiative. What exactly is that? What is the mission? How did it come about? Uh, um, it's probably 14 years ago uh, when we spent um, time forming a leopard in the Okavango Delta. And we had an, um, an incredible privilege to be with this little leopard from the time she was about eight days old. Uh, she was with her mother in a den, and we decided to stay with her for three and a half years. And over this time, we understood her unique personality. Um, she, you know, really um, was this incredible creature. And we ended up having a remarkable bond with her. When her mother would go off hunting, we would stay with, with the little cub. And so the little cub was so used to us that we were pretty much a part of the forest and part of her family. And so with that bond and that understanding, and we were making a film called Eye of the Leopard, but we also researched through the time that we were making the film that 10,000 leopards were legally allowed to be shot through sightings. And um, we found that rather disturbing and devastating, especially when you see all the numbers of the big cats declining, and declining at a rapid rate, I must say, uh, and then to understand that other leopards that have also a unique personality you know, were legally being killed. And that's just the legal amount. Of course, the, the legal amount is probably um, the same amount or more. And that's where we started the Big Cat Initiative. Uh, she was kind of the final push for us to be her voice, all leopards, voices, and then, of course, um, lions and cheetahs. I mean, cheetahs have declined to less than 7,000 in the whole of Africa, and lions are less than 20,000. So it is something we have to pay attention to now, otherwise we will be losing all the top predators in Africa. What's a typical day like for you? When we're out in the field working on this, as opposed to editing or putting the book together, uh, we're up at about 4, 4.30, depending on the, on the season, um, living in a tent. Then we head out into the field to try and catch the first rays of, of that golden sunlight. Um, and if we lucky, some mist along the river. Um, and then we're out there and we'll work with a chosen topic, in this case, let's say, lions. We follow the lions through the day, um, maybe take a, a short break during the middle of the day to rustle up some food and then keep going and then uh, head back to camp at about 18 in the evening, cook up some food, download images from the day, prep for the next day and then uh, try and get whatever sleep we can. But sleeping in a tent at night is actually very often a story in itself. So... We, we're hearing lights all the time, elephants nearby, leopard calling off in the distance. So it's very much living in the bush and becoming part of that fabric for us. Um, Beverly, a lot of your work is, is filmmaking and photography, but 
how much of it is is conservation and and what kinds of things are you doing to contribute to saving these animals? So everything we do, we have, um, you know, conservation um, as the core. So that we'll have um, the conservation message in our forms, even though we're trying to draw people in, uh, you know, to, to love and, and, and want to protect them. And, you know, throughout books and everything we do. We have individual conservation projects, but the Big Cat Initiative is one of them at National Geographic, and that's where we have grantees that are out in the field, and right now we've given over 150 um, grants out to individuals that are prepared to take action and to work with the community, help with education so they understand um, a better understanding of the wilderness areas, and that this is their future bank. To protect these areas, you know, we're bringing ecotourism. Um, it will be uh, something that they will um, cherish, and it's, it's their heritage at the end of the day. So the projects are uh, in that vein, but also in how to protect communities from any conflict issues with animals, and how to protect their livestock, because most of the areas in Africa, there is cattle ranching, and sometimes a top predator like a lion might go and kill a cow if they don't have good husbandry and keep them in bonus at night time. So the conservation to the big cat initiative is vast, and it's very different right throughout Africa because each ecosystem is different, each culture is different, and each government is different. And then Derek and I do a variety of other conservation, and one that comes to mind right now is because of the pandemic, we started uh, Project Ranger, which is closely affiliated with National Geographic as well, and that is protecting the frontline workers to keep them in the field and to be able to um, keep them with a salary so that they can be in the field through the pandemic, because the next pandemic is actually losing vast tracts of land and wilderness. And, of course, you know, if people see that it's easy um, to create um, poaching, uh, which is, you know, uh, an illegal activity, uh, it will definitely happen when nobody's out in the field. So Project Ranger is one of the big projects that we're doing right now. And and for the two of you, what was uh, your role in... Um in, in bringing this uh, new book for Nat Geo kids about the ultimate guide, uh, uh, what is it, the ultimate book of African animals? So, yeah, so we um, we brought a project in, wanted to get it done. We've done a couple of other kids' books before, and um, we've had quite a lot of fun writing that and, and, and bringing the images to the fore. And then we worked with Susanna, as uh, our co-author and writer, and um, so we just shared stories back and forth. Um, Try to bring it into that personal space, as I was talking about earlier on. So with personal stories of who we are and the animals that we've come to know, and I think that's really been important. And of course, ninety um, percent of these are family photographs as well. You know, a lot of people refer to you as heroes. Um, who are some of your heroes? Ah, um, 
I think Everybody's mine here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think Derek is mine Well played, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I think Derek wants to kick me, but I have to say, you know, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Derek saving my life. We've had many situations in over 40 years working in the field, and obviously things um, can go wrong, and we've had, you know, a plane crash where the plane tipped over. But there's one particular situation is um, that I was impaled on a buffalo. Uh, Derek was hit first, and we were walking together. He was hit first, and I was impaled, and the buffalo ran off with me in the darkness. It was at night time. And uh, if it wasn't for Derek's incredible war and determination to run after the buffalo and to retrieve me, so to speak, um, and then 18 hours keeping me alive, uh, and then, of course, um, nine months of rehabilitation and three months in ICU, I wouldn't be here. Derek definitely is one of my heroes. But if we want to talk about heroes right now, today, I would say the heroes are the people making the right policies uh, for protecting wildlife. And at times, it looks very bleak, and we think that there's not um, uh, enough of these policies being made for, for our planet, uh, for the climate. And um, so, so that's what we all need to work towards, and we all need to be here, and we all need to be conservation. And the kids of today, like not that Greta Thunberg is, is the only one, but she's a, she's a hero. And um, the, the children of today, which again is why we wrote this book, is to encourage more children to become heroes. Well, we're just about out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book is a great place, and they can uh, find that at Nat Geo Kids. Um, but do you two have a website? Um, yes, we do. We have um, the Nat Geographic Big Cat a website, so that is a great one to go to. You go to National Geographic and then, um, you know, connect on to the Big Cat Initiative. And then we have our own website if they want to look at, um, you know, what we do. And uh, that would be um, wildlifeconservation.com. And um, and that would be the best. And then another great website would be the Great Plains Foundation. You asked about conservation. We do an immense amount of our conservation work through the GreatPainsFoundation.com. Well, thank you both for uh, spending this time with me. I know we had a couple of little glitches, but uh, thank you for your patience and your time, and keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Tom. Good speaking to you. All right, take care. That was Beverly and Derek uh, Jobert. Uh, award-winning filmmakers, photographers, conservationists, and explorers in residence for National Geographic. Their uh, project that we were talking about today is uh, a new book from National Geographic Kids um, called The Ultimate Book of African Animals, Your Guide to Animals That Roar, Race, and Totally Rule. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. 
to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I worked as an accountant for about two years in Chicago. I had a, got a degree in accounting, went into the Army during the Korean War. Remember that one? <laughs> and, uh, no benefits. And uh, I have held close to 30 separate accounting jobs in two years, which is like three weeks at each place, you know. I found one thing is true that they always put you through an orientation program. You spend one week learning all the problems you're going to have to face in this new job. But invariably, after the week in orientation, the first problem you run into, your first day on the job, was never covered in any of the, any of the sessions. Now, with this kind of prologue, this may seem kind of a jump. My favorite movie is King Kong, the monster movie. This is the greatest monster movie ever made. And the biggest scene, of course, the one you all remember from King Kong, is when King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. All right, now putting these two thoughts together. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the night that King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. It's also the first night on the job for a new guard. See, this is his first night. <laughs> on the job. <laughs> he's gone through a week's orientation on the problems he's going to face and it happens to be the night that King Kong climbs the outside <laughs> of the Empire State Building. Uh, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nelson? Yes, this, this is uh, Sam Hennessy, the, uh, the, the, the new guard. Yeah, sir, I, you know, I hate to bother you at home like this on, on my first night, but, uh... <coughs> See, so, uh, something's come up, sir, and it, it's, not, it's not covered in, in the guard's manual. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked in the index. Y yes, sir, it... I, I looked under unauthorized personnel and, uh, and uh, people without passes and, and apes and apes' toes. It, uh, apes and apes' toes, yes, sir. Uh, there, there's an ape's toe uh, sticking through the window, sir. <laughs> well, uh, see, uh, see, this isn't your standard ape, sir. I mean, uh, he's between uh, 18 and 19 stories high, uh, d uh, d depending on, on whether there's a 13th floor or not. Uh, Well, uh, sir, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a rule against, uh, against apes shaking the building. <laughs> there, there, there is, yes. So I, I, I yelled at his feet, you know, I said, uh, I said, uh, a shoe ape and, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to leave, sir. And, uh, I, you know, I know how you like the new men to, to think on their feet, sir. So um, I, I went to the, the broom class, and I, I got out a broom uh, without, uh, you know, signing out a requisition on it. <laughs> I, yeah, I will tomorrow, yes, sir. And, and, and I started hitting him on the toes with it, you, you see. But uh, it didn't seem to bother him too much. See, uh, there are these planes, sir, and they're, they're flying around him, and, and they're shooting at him, you know, and... They only seem to be bothering him a little bit, so so I figured I wasn't doing too too much good. Uh, 
with, with, with a broom. Did, did I try swatting him in the, in, in the face with it? Well, I, I, um, I was going to take the elevator up to his head, sir. <laughs> See, but uh, my, my jurisdiction only extends to his navel. You, do, you, don't, you don't care what I do, just, just get the ape off the building. This, uh, this, this may complicate things a little. Uh, he's, uh, he's carrying a woman in his hand, sir. I, no, I, I don't think she works in the building. No, sir. Well, see, as he, as he passed by my floor, uh, she had this kind of negligee on, you know. So I, I doubt very much if she, if she was one of the cleaning women, you, you know, you know. Well, well, sir, the first thing I did, I, I filled out a report on it. Well, I, no, I, I don't want to give the building a bad name either, sir, you know, but... Well, I doubt very much if we can cover it up, sir, you know. Well, you know, the, the planes are shooting at them, you know, and... Uh, I mean, people are, are going to come to work tomorrow morning, and, and some of them are going to notice the ape in the street, you know. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and the broken window, you know, and they'll start putting two and two together. You know? I, I think we're safe on that score, sir. I, I, doubt, I doubt very much if he signed the book downstairs. You don't, you don't care what I do, just, just get the ape off the building. Well, I, I came up with one idea, sir, uh, but I'm not supposed to leave my post. Well, I, I thought maybe I could smear the Chrysler building with, with bananas. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.
The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That was Bill Toll from uh, his City Zoo days and uh, the CD called Something for Everyone. This one was uh, a song called 65 Tempest and it's part of something we're doing this week in honor of Back to the Bricks, which is back after uh, a year off because of the pandemic and lots of cool things going on this weekend. Of course, the the big car show, but uh, there's music and... uh, the, the rolling cruise on Thursday and Friday. Lots of uh, fun stuff this week uh, for Back to the Bricks. So this week on the Tom Sumner program, we're trying to sort of get in the spirit of it um, and where we have time, we're squeezing in music about cars and uh, by all local artists, of course. And uh, we will continue with our regular features, our long-format interviews. But where there's time, we'll, we'll squeeze in some local cartoons like this one coming up from uh, Sheila Landis. Well, I saw a car the other day. 
would have asked for in the first place. Let me see, what's my favorite color? Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 